0: The following podcast is brought to you by Lady Norland's Cajun Cafe, RVA's favorite Cajun hideaway, in the fan at the corner of Main and Stafford. Find out more at LadyNorland's.com. Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host, George Templeton, talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. All right, welcome to VCU Rams Rewind. Uh, Listen to this game. It was pretty annoying to listen to. It was pretty tough to listen to because... VCU should have won this game. And you know what? Rewatching it, it hasn't been much better. It's probably been more infuriating in some respects because uh, what I heard was not as bad as what I watched. And I would love... There were a lot of things that were good. I would love to talk about, again, VCU's outstanding defensive effort. I would love to talk about the fact that that Jaden Nunn, in terms of scoring, had the best game he's ever had, was terrific. I'd love to talk about his 21 points and eight rebounds, but unfortunately there's going to be some other things I'm going to have to talk about with him. I'd love to talk about the fact that they overcame so many of their own mistakes to be in a winning position. I would love to talk about all of that with you here on VCU Rams Rewind, sponsored by Lady Nollins in Richmond. Go to Lady Nollins for good Cajun food. Go to comfort eat after a loss like this. But I'm not going to talk about any of that because you know what I'm tired of? I am tired of the same pattern with this coach, with this team, in this regime. And that is we play so hard. We play so well. We give it such a great effort against these really tough teams and we don't win. And we don't win. And everybody pats us on the back and says, "Great job, great effort." But we don't win the game. We don't get the big win that could change things. And it's not because the te- the other team is so much better than us and we did everything we could and we just fell short. No, we lose because we just fall short because we beat ourselves. We shoot ourselves in the foot. We make the mistakes we make. We make mistakes that don't have anything to do with the other team. Time and again, I am tired of it. I am tired of it in year number five. Because go back to the previous three coaches and I know people are going to say, oh, they were traitors and they left us and they're snakes and they're this. Anthony Grant, Shaka Smart, Will Wade, they all won big games against big-name teams. They all, their teams found a way to win these games. And all we seem to do with this coach is find a way to lose. And this was another one. This was another one. 70 to 63 in overtime to Connecticut, nationally ranked Connecticut. In a game where VCU fought themselves again, but kept fighting and kept swinging and kept playing great defense. And kept just finding a way until they wouldn't. God bless America. And so you know what? We're not going to do. A lot. We're not going to focus on the positives tonight because I'm tired of that, and because I'm sick and tired of losing these games the way they're losing them. So we're going to start with this tonight in a game that goes to overtime. VCU shoots 14 of 24 from the foul line including an almost hard to believe five consecutive misses in the second half. And I know we, that foul shooting is usually terrible here at, on, on Broad Street for, for the team in black and gold. Last year was an exception, but that's the point. This keeps happening, and I don't care what anybody says, including the coach, Mike Rhodes. If you're shooting, if this keeps happening, if you keep missing free throws, if it keeps costing you games, then you are not doing enough about it in practice. You're not working hard enough on it. You're not emphasizing it enough. And I don't want to hear that from anybody. Oh, they emphasize it. Really? Really? Because how many times have we got to have this conversation? There was 7 for 13 yesterday against Flipping Baylor. That was big. In a game that they could have won. Could have been in the final against Michigan State who they would have tied in knots today. But then it comes to other two other things. And you know what I'm going to say here. But here it is. Fast break points. UConn 8-2. Second chance points. Helped by the fact that after a very good first half rebounding the basketball. Where VCU was only out rebounded by two. And second chance points were even. UConn wins second chance points seventeen to ten. And let's see, in the second half it was eleven to six, and it was two to nothing over overtime. So thirteen to six in the second half and overtime on second chance points in a game you lose by seven. And you know what? I looked, I went back and looked this year. And not one time has VCU won both fast break and second chance points. They've won fast break points three times, and they tied once. They won against St. Peter's only by three. They won against Chattanooga, was only four to one. They won against Syracuse on, uh, on uh, Wednesday, and they tied against Baylor. When it comes to second chance points, the only time, the only time this year they won that category was Vanderbilt. And that was huge for them. That's the only time. And when you look, and here's the other thing. Here's another thing that's become a myth. Oh, VCU's got to score off their defense. Well, this is fast. VCU's fast break points for the year. Eight against St. Peter's, two against Wagner, two against Vanderbilt, one against Chattanooga, five against Syracuse, six against Baylor, two against UConn. No wonder this offense is struggling. That is nothing. That is absolutely zippo in terms of fast break points. Golly, Moses. To, I mean, to be that good in the first half rebounded ball that you're only down to and then and then get at your doors blown off and end up getting out rebounded by what the heck was it? What was the flipping total? 17 total. 5235. on offensive rebounds. Oh, and something else. You want another example of where this team's been falling down? And it's something we've harped on in the past. Points off turnovers. Amazingly, VCU only had 14 turnovers tonight. Great job. UConn had 22. So you'd think VCU wins points off turnovers. You would be wrong. Somehow, off of 14 VCU turnovers... UConn got 18 points and off of 22 Connecticut turnovers VCU got a mere 10 points are you flipping kidding me in a game that ends up in overtime in a game where you led late so let's go through it all because why the hell not let's let's go let's start with an excellent first half they're locking Connecticut down there playing great defense. They're starting to make things happen. They get up 28 20 with 217 left. And I'm telling you, I'm thinking to myself when they get to 28 20, I'm like, if they can win this last segment, get up 9, 10, 11, or 12, then they got this because they're playing great defense and, and they're going to have to really beat themselves to lose this. They've got Connecticut tied up completely. This is the sequence. From 217 to halftime, give up an offensive rebound on the next thing. Ward was fouled, and and Carl Ravitch, who, like Jimmy Dykes' his partner, was completely in the pocket of Connecticut. Vengeance context says it wasn't a foul, whatever. It was a foul. Cole misses, gets his own rebound. They actually force a turnover on that, no problem. They get the turnover. Keyshawn Curry, and unfortunately this happened way too much in the game, he gets he he gets a charge. Doesn't even look at any of his teammates. He's just gonna go in there. There was way too much here. There was way too much one on one stuff tonight, and and a box score confirms it. VCU eight assists on twenty two made field goals. That is nowhere near the realm of good enough. You can't do it at this level. You don't have if you've got Bones Highland... If you've got NBA talent out there, if you got guys that can get their own shot, that's great. You can't do it. You can't do it at this level. Golly, bless. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. You you played the right way for in the second half against Syracuse. It's the best 20 minutes of basketball you've played this year. Yes, I know the other team can defend and are going to do things to stop it. But what in God's name makes you think, oh, let's quit doing that and let's just be go back to me just barreling into the lane. Don't even look at my teammates. Don't even think about passing charge. Keyshawn, you're better than that. And unfortunately, that wasn't the last one kind of bad play from him. There'll be more. So you get that. Then you get Connecticut trying to three. You may, They miss it. Here's the problem. You got a bunch of people running to the shooter. You're chasing all over the place. What happens? Whaley, wide open for an offensive rebound, sticks it back in 28-22, 47.4 seconds into the left in the half. So at this point, though, that's okay. Run your offense. Run the clock down. You get a basket. You could be at least up six at the end of the half, right? Wrong. So Honus gets the ball. Turns the wrong way into a trap. Where is the communication? Where is the help? Where are people coming to the ball? Doesn't happen. Gaffney runs out. Uh, His shot's blocked, but it's a goal 10. 28-24, 24.8 seconds left. Okay, that's not great, but you got a chance to run the clock down almost to zero. Get a shot. If you make it, you got a six-point lead. That's awesome. Jaden Nunn, who again played a fabulous game tonight for the most part. This was awful. Dribble, 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 dribble. We're gonna kill the ball with the dribble. Doesn't pass it. Jacks up a t- shot with time on the clock. And if and if that if it was just that, that's bad enough. Then Asan Ward, who again, this is I don't get it. Yesterday. Was, his wor- was the worst game I've ever seen him play, and today wasn't much better, and it might have been worse. I'll leave that up to you. I don't know what's happened to Hassan Ward uh, t- tonight and last night, but it's like an invasion of the body snatchers moment. I don't recognize the the, the, the young man wearing the, uh, wearing the 20 jersey, because that's not the Hassan Ward I know. He reaches in. Why? I don't know. It's a 50-something foot shot. If he shoots it and makes it, yeah, you're going to feel terrible, but not as terrible as fouling him with .1 on the clock when there's a 2% chance of him making that shot. Why? Why are we – and why are you reaching anyway? Don't reach. That's bad when you're defending. Reaching – if you're reaching, you're losing. It means you're not moving your feet. It means you're not good in guarding position. Cole makes two out of three, so from an eight-point game with 2.17 left, VCU playing great with a chance to maybe really step on Connecticut's next. It's 28-26 at halftime. And that run is part of a 13-2 run. Between the end of that, between the starting there, over six minutes and 14 seconds, they get... One field goal in that time, that's a stocker basket. Right after that, in the middle of all that, Keyshawn Curry drives the basket, loses the ball in the air, and instead of maybe taking his medicine and, and turn, having it be a turnover and whatever, he compounds his mistake by trying to save the ball into no one. And, and I'm sorry, Keyshawn, you know I love you. That's fake hustle. Don't do that. Don't do fake hustle. Sometimes you just got to take your L and say, "Ah, I messed up. Whatever." Let's go back and play defense. That ends up. That ends up in a uh, fast break and two points. So that was that was infuriating. But they but they come back and start. But they come back. But then we get to later. Levi Stockard gets the ball, and he doesn't. And he's in a bad position. He's got a guy right on him, and he's trying to drive and drive around this guy. Levi you've been great and I love your aggressiveness but there is a time to kick the ball out turns it over and then gives away a silly foul for his third foul that hurt that hurt but VCU under VCU overcomes that gets the lead stockard after that makes it ice makes it has a great take lays it in for two 45 43 what's the problem? Long outlet pass nobody gets back on defense and who gets the and who fouls the, uh, Gaffney and he and, and puts him on the line Levi Stockard gets his fourth foul just when Levi Stockard could have got going and then that means we're out without him for several minutes that hurts a lot they get one out of two it's 45 44 then you get the under eight timeout vcu has got the ball and again. I don't know if this is the players or the coach. I I lean towards the coach because the coach is supposed to know better. There's five on the clock. You must if you don't know there's five on the clock, you're either not paying attention or you're not talking, or the coach has forgot. They throw the ball into the backcourt. Why? Gives you no time. You've gotta go. You got five seconds. You gotta be you gotta have a pass going towards the basket. Shot clock violation. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting there watching this after I listened. And then when I was listening to it, I'm like, well, you know, five seconds. Maybe they maybe they got it caught in the corner or whatever. The way it sounded on the radio, oh, didn't do it justice. This was terrible. This was terrible. Then we get Vince Williams' three-pointer, one of his rare-made shots tonight with 5.55 left to put VCU up 50-47. to 47. And in the next ten forty-four, they get one field goal. That's to end the regulation going into overtime. Ten minutes and forty-four seconds, one field goal, which is a Keyshawn Curry layup. And they don't get another damn, and other than that, they don't get another damn field goal until none gets the two baskets in the final eleven seconds when the game is decided. <sighs> and in that time, one for nine with three turnovers. 7-10 from the foul line. All those misses, unfortunately, coming in overtime after the game was pretty much toast. Oh, goodness. Let's see here. Oh, yes. Let's do this one. Key play in the game after VCU had the lead. VCU's got a three-point lead. And here's a here's a classic. I used to complain about this all the time. And thankfully... We've VCU's defense; they've gotten better about this, but we had a we had an old call back to this one. We've got, I think it's Cole driving in. Three guys go to him in the paint. Not one, not two, but three. Nobody stays with Tyrese Martin, who's an old friend of ours. Kicks it out, makes the three. Three of the players that are there. One of them is DeLoach, and one of them is Vince Williams. I can see one of you being there, but I can't see both of you being there when somebody, when Brown Jones is there too. And I can't believe I got to come back and say this, but I'm going to say this again: you got to trust your teammates, and you got to do your job. Been a long time since I've had to had that conversation, but there you are. Doggone Tyrese Martin, who ain't a guy who scores a lot of points, kills us there with a three. Golly, Moses! But well, we overcome that. 56 uh, 53, 232 to go. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm just willing this clock to go, and I'm thinking we're going to win this game. They get a turnover. Great. None is driving. Cole clearly fouls him, and these blind, stupid, blank refs call nothing. They've called every stinking thing under the sun. They don't call that. And I got my friend. In Twitter, telling me, oh, VCU's getting all the calls. Boy, there was a lot of key calls they didn't get. That was one of them. Why do we have to have Jamie Lucky? I got to shout out Todd St. Pierre, the admin of the VCU Good, the Bad, and the Ugly group. Jamie Lucky is the worst. And every time we get him, it's trouble. I can't stand that man. Anyway, out of the timeout, there's seven on the shot clock. The ball's reversed, and it's Brown-Jones at the top of the key. I can understand Ward sitting because he's been terrible in the game. But I'm not sure why Brown-Jones is in there, one, and I'm definitely not sure why he's at the top of the key. It goes from Williams to Brown-Jones. Brown-Jones, not a great pass. Curry not paying attention. It's a combination of both. Goes through his hands timeout. Williams should be at the top of the key because, A, Williams is a much better ball handler, and, B, he could... Pass fake, shot fake, whatever, drive. That's ridiculous. But UConn turns it over. And then none turns it right back over. Oh, Jaden. Jaden, Jaden, Jaden. Why are, I mean, he's trying a one out of ten pass. And I will give Rodney Ashby this. He's talking about we can't try to hit home runs, just hit singles. You've just got a turnover. you got the lead. The clock is your friend. Let's calm down. Move the ball, get the ball up the floor, run some clock. And of course, not that it's, this is all Jaden's fault. He's trying to pass, everybody's running away from him. Nobody's coming to the basketball. God bless. When your guy is in trouble in the backcourt, come to the ball. Help your teammates. God, who are these people in these black and gold uniforms? Because I know they do these they do these things. They do the good things a lot. They do the right things a lot. They play as a team as a lot. But when we get to the key crunch moments in these games with a chance to get big wins, it all goes out the window. I was complaining about the same kind of stuff yesterday against Baylor. And this could be the Baylor game. This could be flipping St. Bonaventure up there last year. This could be the Dayton game a few years ago when they were top five in the country. This could be nearly every stinking big game in the Mike Rhodes era. This kind of things happens. So, they nearly forced a turnover on the succeeding possession, except Frank uh, Whaley's left wide open. Why is he left wide open? Whoever it was is guarding him. I think it's... I think it's I think it's Williams. I'm not sure. Just leaves him. He hits the three, op- op- three tie game, 44 seconds left. Or, oh, excuse me, a minute left. So it's like, okay, we shot ourselves in the foot again, but let's run and have a good offensive possession. Let's get it in the hands of, of Nunn or Williams and see if we can win this game. And they run their offense, and then Brown Jones decides to be a hero again. He says, I'm gonna do it. And with 13 on the shot clock, he takes a three that of course he misses because he's I mean, he's he thinks he's a three point shooter. He's not. He's not. That's the only field goal attempt all game. So a guy that had taken no shots all game takes a shot to give them the lead with forty four seconds left. With all these other people on the floor, including Levi Stockard including none who ends up with 21 points including Vince Williams who's our freaking uh who's, been, who's our freaking torch from last year it's Mikel Brown Jones taking that shot with 44 seconds left with 13 on the clock you got to be kidding me but we get to the next possession they get a miss hallelujah one problem two guys two guys go for the rebound, one of them being Brown Jones. One of them, I think, was was uh, Levi Stockard. Nobody is putting a body on Whaley, and in this case, I'm going to blame Brown Jones again, unfortunately, because it, it, from, the, from what I saw on the TV, that's his man. He doesn't even think about blocking him out. He's, I'm going for the ball and going for the rebound. How about you block Whaley out so your teammate can get it? Nope, that doesn't happen. Whaley tips it out eight seconds, they could have got the ball with eight seconds left, call a timeout, set something up, or better than that, especially if it's a guy like Vince Williams that gets the rebound, take advantage of the chaos, drive, run the the ball down the floor, maybe you get a basket win the game. Nope. They get another chance. Cole doubles dribbles with 1.3 seconds left, and they make a total mess of, of, of the inbounds after that. Yeah. Keyshawn Curry was probably pushed. But if you think VCU's getting that call against a freaking blue blood like Connecticut in the last second, uh, you're in another universe, my friend. It's not happening. And again, who's passing the ball in? It's Brown Jones. Why? Is he that good an inbounds, passer? Why is he the one taking that in there? And why is that ball going up up that same sideline where there's no room throw it throw it to somebody who can catch it and say just short of the just short of the half court line or at the half court line you got 1.4 seconds put it on the floor maybe get inside half court throw it up who knows instead they get no shot cole takes a three misses it we're going to overtime and then what i saw in overtime was really fantastic because possession after possession the ball is being passed around and it's not going in the post it's not even Getting into the lane. And I know how that stands. That ends with misses or turnovers. So they stop Connecticut on the first one. They get the ball first. Stop Connecticut on the first possession. Great. Get your nose in front. And overtime, it's always critical because the clock, it's a five-minute overtime, but it seems like that clock moves at hyperspeed. And it seems like you've got way more urgency that way. No, pass it around. Get nothing. Then you come down there, Curry's on Whaley, goes to flipping Jackson, and I get and I don't know if, and what I don't know about the coverage is, is Curry supposed to be on Whaley or was Jackson his man? Either way, Whaley's left wide open, hits a three, bang. There's only three and a half minutes left, you're down three, and you already feel like you're under pressure. They get nothing on the next possession. Cole misses a shot, and we get another terrible referee call. The ball goes up, and Cole, and Cole knocks it out. It looks like it should have been VCU's ball. It wasn't. They still miss. And then we have another bad Mikael Brown-Jones play. A guy who, once again, taken one shot for the entire game. He is four for six from the foul line. Tries his spin move in the lane. Mikael Brown-Jones, Where where in the world did you get ahead of yourself on this? Where in the world did you get the idea that you were some big-time scorer. Tries a spin move. flipping, flipping doesn't get it. Turns it over. Then they got Cole trapped in the corner, and he reaches in for no reason when they've got him trapped in the corner. And the clock is running down. The shot clock gives away a silly foul. Then the next possession is the same thing. Barely under uh, post-entry. Vince Williams tries a long fadeaway three with nine on the shot clock. Misses that. And it's pretty much game over after that. The next play down, they call a foul on Stockard that was not there. Again, <laughs> UConn fans having the nerve to the nerve to complain about these refs when they get every key call, and when he fouls out, Sonogo makes the foul shot to get up six or seven. I said that's enough, and I start recording this thing. And I and I know what this is going to sound like, and I'm sure people are going to be are, are not going to like it and push back, and that's fine. I don't want this to be a mediocre program. I don't want this to be a good program that occasionally jumps up there a little bit, but never really gets the brass ring, never really gets the trophy, never really gets the big run. I don't want to be that program. God knows I don't want to be that program. And the galling thing is you sit there and pat VCU on the back for 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 their for them giving it a great go and giving it a great effort. And meanwhile Dayton, who's started the season terribly, I might add, struggled. They played four game home games to start the year and they won one of them. They lost to Massachusetts Lowell by a point. They lost to Austin P. They lost to Lipscomb by nearly twenty. And then they go to Orlando in the ESPN Events Invitational, and they wallop Miami, so that's beating an ACC team like us, and then they beat the fourth-ranked team in the country. Granted, it was a complete miracle. How Mustafa Amzil's shot goes in, I have no idea. Fortune was smiling on our old coach, Anthony Grant, and I guess I should just say, God bless you for that. But they beat the number four team in the country at the buzzer, and they were one and three. And they got a chance to win an in-season tournament. They're playing Belmont in the final on Sunday. And everybody's patting VCU on the back saying, good job, patting VCU on the head. What a great effort against two ranked teams. You almost got there. I am sick of almost getting there. I am sick of that. And I'm sorry. When When foul shooting... And rebounding, especially defensive rebounding, continue to plague this team. I can't stand it. Because you can tell me they do this, that, and the other in practice. When you keep doing the same things, then you're when you keep messing up the same way, then it becomes the coach's fault. Because the coach is clearly not emphasizing it, or he's clearly not not coaching defense in such a way that they're capable of doing that. Because I'm looking at this team, it's not like they aren't athletic. It's not like they don't have size. It's not like they're going up against teams with 6'9, 6'10, 6'11, and they're all 240, 250, 260. It's not as if we're facing a whole bunch of of freaking uh, DeSosas and flipping Thambas and Chamua Chachuas and Sonogos out there. Huh? We're not under. We're not some undersized little shrimp team. We're not some six team with a six six center. We got guys that can play. We got guys that can fight. They got heart. They got hustle. There is no excuse, none. How many times we threaten to win for greatness, threaten the big programming program changing win, and we don't get there. And I'm sick of that. I can't stand it anymore. I can't. Because I hope it's better. And I saw people, I hope it's better when Ace comes back. And I saw people say, and God, I, the, the one part of the freaking post-game presser I heard from, from Mike Rhodes that really made me want to just lose it all together. Well, we've lost some good foul shooters, but the other guys have to step up. I don't care about who's not here. We have reached a point where Ace is not here, Bones is not here, Jameer's not here, McAllister's not here. We have now reached the expiration date on that, and it's enough. I am sick of the damned excuses about stuff like that, because that doesn't explain Deloach's struggles at the line and Nichols missing. Look, they got to work on it. And you got to make them work on it. If you got to do a whole practice that's just foul shooting, fine. This cannot continue because this self sabotage, UConn wasn't better than us. They weren't. This is a game VCU should have won in regulation, but a mad minute at the end, a mad two minutes at the end of the half, or really a mad six minutes around halftime. And a mad two minutes at the end of the game. Out does the other, and and then a terrible overtime. So, out of 45 minutes, you've played 36 great minutes. And yet the nine bad minutes overcomes that. I mean, is that okay? And and that's the other question I have for anybody that's still listening to this. Do you really want that to be the case? That VCU is a team everybody pats on the head and says, good job. You tried hard. You really took them to the limit. Did you win the game? No. And it was funny, somebody in the thread was asking how long VCU led in the game. Well, they led for 26 minutes and 7 seconds, and that was all in regulation because, of course, in overtime, they didn't lead at all. And so UConn led for pretty much all of overtime, so they only led for 8 minutes and 33 seconds, I think. And that's, you know, and half of that comes in overtime, basically. I can't I just can't take it anymore. Seriously. You got to st- you got to start winning these games and not losing them. And the other coaches won these kind of games. Not all the time, but they won some of them. And and we're not winning them under this coach. And we're not winning them for the same reasons, and it doesn't get any better. That and and again, if people want to settle for that, then what you're going to get is sort of a rich man's mediocrity. You'll get a team that's usually decent, wins anywhere from 17 to 22, maybe 23 games, depending on how well they do in an NIT or a CBI or a CIT or whatever, might occasionally make the NCAA tournament, and once the blue moon might even sneak through and win a game. But are you going to get to the second weekend? Are you going to have a season like Dayton had a few years ago that's got screwed by COVID? Are you going to have that? With that kind of mentality, no, you're not. And I really hope this fan base isn't going to just settle for being almost, being nearly, being close, because that just that don't cut it for me. And yes, call me spoiled. I don't expect this team to win every game. I don't expect to be in the second weekend of the Final Four every year. We're not Duke. We're not Connecticut. We're not Michigan State. We're not flipping Gonzaga, but we're a pretty damn good program. And we're better than this. And we should be better than this. Now, we're all going to get a week off, thank goodness, and we all need it because this has been a tough three days. And that leads us to December. And that leads us to a run of games, eight of them, where VCU does not leave, leave the Commonwealth, which will take them from the first week, Of December to the first game of the new year. An entire month basically at home. Your only road game is at the Old Enemy, Old Dominion, December 11th. And I'm telling you this right now. VCU can't make their season here, but they can break their season. These next eight games need to be wins every one of them. All eight of them. Campbell at home. Jacksonville State at home. Old Dominion away. Florida Atlantic at home. Penn State at home. New Hampshire at home. George Mason at home, Davidson at home. We need to be sitting here on January 2nd, and they'll have had one eight in a row, which means they'll be 11-4 and four and 2-0 and zero in the 8-10. And in that case, they will have a chance to get somewhere this season. And they may even still have a chance to make the NCAA tournament as an at-large bid. Granted, those two early losses at home could, could really scupper that, but we'll see. The good news is they're going to get two chances at St. Bonaventure. They get St. Louis on the road. All those are potential quad one wins, and who the heck else knows about these other games we've got. And Dayton, which is January 5th, which will be back on the road. Uh that could be a win that is more significant given Dayton uh stuck it to Kansas today. God. doesn't that it just oh it just eats me up that they pulled that out. And VCU couldn't have pulled out the game yesterday or the game today. God bless America. Just drives me bonkers. Anyway, so they gotta go. They gotta they gotta win these next date. No fooling. Uh one loss, even if it's on the road at ODU, I don't think is very acceptable in any case. Gotta win these next date. Gotta take this opportunity to have this much home cooking. One trip, couple, of, you know, two hours, two and a half hours down, sixty-four, down sixty-four east to uh, to to Norfolk. Gotta win the lot. Got to win the lot, or this season is probably not going to go very far, to be honest. So that's it. That's VCU Rams rewind for tonight. I'm sorry it was so relentlessly negative, but it, it, it's just hard for me to focus on the positives after yet again. VCU promised so much, put all the food on the table, and then took it all off right at the end. I just, I it's just hard to take that kind of stuff. It really, really is. I just, I can't stand it. And and we should all want and expect much better than this. And and Coach Rhodes and that coaching staff's gotta look at themselves. The players gotta look at themselves too. And the excuses have got to stop. We don't have this guy, that guy, or the other guy. So what? We knew that. We knew we weren't going to have those guys. We've known for a while. You got to play the hand that's dealt you. Maybe it does get better when when Ace gets back. I certainly hope so. Because as much as you love Jaden Nunn getting 21 points and 8 rebounds, you don't love zero assists from your main point guard. You don't love that. You don't love 8 assists on 22 made baskets. That is... You think some of the other stuff we do do is unsustainable. Nothing's more unsustainable than that. Heck, you look at UConn, who aren't exactly a a wonderful offensive unit themselves, and they struggled, but they managed to get 14 assists on 20 made baskets tonight, and it was just enough. It was also just enough because they went to the foul line 23 for 28, as opposed to VCU going 14 for 24. Yes, I had to say that again one more time because it's so galling. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Sorry there was no live video uh, in the Good, but the Bad, and the Ugly group. I'm happy to say that I'm actually off next Saturday, which I forgot. So uh, you will certainly there will certainly be a live video where hopefully VCU against those fighting camels of Campbell University, where VCU will get back on track, get to 500, and hopefully start a nice long win streak. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, have a good night, everybody. Remember, visit and patronize Lady Nolens during this holiday season. Hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving in spite of this. Uh, Have a good holiday season, and we'll talk to you next week. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. To participate in the postgame Facebook Live with George, join the Facebook group VCU Basketball Fans, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.